The Productive Woman, Episode 215. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back. If you are a longtime listener, and if this is your first episode of The Productive Woman, welcome. I'm glad you're here. In this episode, we'll be talking about task management, basically how to get the stuff done we need and want to do. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 215. This episode is brought to you by Bombas and by FreshBooks online accounting software for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and small business owners. To find out all the ways FreshBooks can save you time in managing your business finances, take advantage of the 30-day free trial FreshBooks is offering you. Go to freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I'll mention a little more about FreshBooks later, but right now I want to talk about Bombas, the maker of the most comfortable socks I've ever worn. I am pleased to be able to offer you a 20% discount on your first order of Bombas socks if you visit bombas.com slash TPW. Now, whatever you love to do, there is a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life as you do it. They have been engineered for comfort, made out of super soft cotton with an arch support system that provides extra support and basically feels like a hug around your foot, as well as a cushioned footbed that's reinforced for comfort without added bulkiness. As the weather here in Texas has turned cooler, I have kind of given up walking around the house barefoot and have started wearing my Bombas instead. They are cozy and comfortable, and they're the ideal sock for everyday wear. They come in a huge variety of colors, of designs, and sizes, and styles. So whether you prefer ankle socks, or calf high, or whatever kind of socks you like, there are Bombas for you. I actually got my husband a couple pairs of the men's Bombas, and he liked them so much, he ordered several more. And here's a hint, as we're heading toward the holiday season, these would be great gifts. Now, besides making great socks, the folks at Bombas make a valuable contribution to the world. After learning that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, Bombas made a commitment to donate one brand new pair of socks to a homeless shelter for every pair they sell. And to date, they've sold and donated over 9 million pairs of their wonderful socks. So your purchase of Bombas socks not only benefits you, but also homeless shelters around the country. To see all the options of socks available from Bombas and to get 20% off your first order, visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TPW, and you'll get 20% off your first order bombas.com slash tpw and the offer code is tpw. I hope you love them and I'd love to hear what you think if you order some. So shoot me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and let me know. Okay, so let's get into our topic. There have been a lot of questions to me lately, both 
email and in the, some in the Facebook group and, uh, with coaching clients and things about managing our to-do lists, getting the stuff done that we need to do. And we've talked about this in several past episodes, and I will link to uh, some of those in the show notes. So you can kind of go back and get a refresher course. But I thought it's a good time to, to kind of review the basics of task management and see if we can kind of get a handle on this as we're going into the last couple of months of the year. The challenges of task management, you know, what we call our to-do list, is there's a couple of them. First of all, the first one that came to mind is just keeping track of it all. As women, often we not only have to keep track of our tasks, but also other people's, whether it's family members or people that work with us or for us. So keeping track of it all is a big challenge and making sure the most important things get done. Often we're juggling multiple roles. So we've got, you know, family tasks, home tasks, our job, and maybe a side hustle, volunteer projects, friends and social activities, our hobbies and our interests, and of course, self-care. There's just a lot of stuff that we take on, uh, a lot of things we want to keep track of and make sure that the most important things are getting done. And, you know, second challenge, I guess, of task management is for many of us, it's just taking on too much. We have unrealistic expectations of ourselves of what we can do, what we're capable of in the time we have available, an unrealistic understanding of what can actually get done in the time we have available, and often an unrealistic idea of how long tasks take. We often underestimate how long it's going to take to get certain things done. And that goes to our ability to be productive and check things off the list in the time we have to do it. So some of the fundamentals of task management, and again, this is not going to be like a comprehensive, detailed, in-depth lesson on task management, but I just want to remind us all of some of the, the key fundamentals that we need to keep in mind in order to manage our tasks and get the things done that matter to us. And to me, the first thing is building the right habits into our life. Anything that's habitual for us, it uses a different part of our brain, which leaves space for creative thinking elsewhere. And now, admittedly, this can be good or bad, depending on whether the habits we've developed serve us or don't. But if we can create habits about doing certain things, and I'm going to talk about that probably next week in another episode about habits and ways that habits can help us, but it helps us to be more um, efficient if we have created useful habits. If we need to create new and more productive habits, that will take more effort at first but it will pay off later in um, sort of in, in time dividends, as Laura Vanderkam wrote about in our August Productive Woman book club selection, Off the Clock. I, you know, I've talked about that book before and encourage you to check it out because it's got some great stuff in there about how putting in some effort now can give us dividends later in terms of more time available to us. So building those right habits is really important. It's kind of fundamental to managing our tasks. 
uh, habits of doing certain things at certain times in certain ways, habits of using our to-do list, using it as a place to put those things that we need to get done and the habit of checking it to make sure that we're paying attention to the things that need attention. It's also important to understand some key concepts. And a lot of these we've talked about in the past, probably the big one and something that can can make a huge difference in how, how valuable our to-do list is for us is understanding the difference between a task and a project. And for me, I, what a task is, is something that can be done in one segment of time, in one location, with one set of tools, so to speak. Whereas a project is anything that takes more than one step, more than one session of work, more than one location. And so often the things we put on our to-do list really are more projects than they are tasks. And they will sit there for a long time on our list because it's, you can't do a project. You have to do the tasks that comprise a project. And so if you put get ready for my vacation on uh, your to-do list, that's going to be overwhelming to your mind because that's not something you can do in one sitting in one location with one set of tools. That is actually a project with several steps because getting ready for your vacation may be, uh, you know, research hotels, research airfare, um, decide where I want to go. You know, there's a whole series of things. And we've talked about this, um, for instance, back in episode 130 on what's on your to-do list, we talked about breaking down those projects into the component tasks um, that makes it more easy to actually get in there and get those things done. If your to-do list, if your task manager is full of projects instead of tasks, it's going to be harder for you to get those things done. The other thing that's important is to think about, or the the key concept to consider is how you put things onto your to-do list or into your task management system. A task or a project for that matter should, I think, should start with a verb. It's something you do, not just, so for the example that I was using, just, just writing uh, vacation on the list is not something you can do. Create a project or a task that starts with a verb. So you can plan your vacation or plan, uh, research your hotel options or um, research activities for the family at the location you've chosen. I, it, it, whatever, whatever your task or your project is, it should be described as something you can do. Building that habit of creating tasks or projects that way forces you to think about the objective, what you're really trying to accomplish and articulate it in a way that's going to make it more likely that you're actually going to get the thing done. So one of the basics of task management that uh, it's kind of fundamental is understanding the steps of it. And for most of us, this goes to the, what's known as the GTD approach, the getting things done approach that was created originally, or at least articulated originally by David Allen in his book called Getting Things Done. And he described a process that has been 
um, really fundamental for a lot of systems of task management. Understanding the steps in this process can make a huge difference in our ability to manage our tasks and actually get stuff done. And so Alan broke it down into several steps, uh, one of them being capture, uh, one of them being process, And the next one that I put on here is just do, but there's also a review step. And those are, let's talk about those a little bit. So capture, the capture step of task management is about having a place to put everything you need to do, every idea you need to follow up on, every phone call you need to make, every project you want to develop capturing those ideas, getting them out of your head and into what he calls a trusted system, a place where it's safe, where you can do something with it later so that it gets it off your mind. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in Alan's book about why this is important and how trying to hang on to these things, even if they seem like they're they're easy to remember, everything you're trying to hold on to in your mind is taking some mental bandwidth that could better be used elsewhere. And so thinking about the capture step of task management is so important. That's the first step. That's the entree into the whole thing of getting everything out of your mind and into a system. In order for this to work, you got to make it easy. It's got to be something that you always have access to. It's with you all the time. Using a tool um, that makes it easy to get the task or the idea or the reminder or whatever you want to call it into your inbox, so to speak, to be processed later. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But the idea, the starting point for a, an effective task management system is at this capture step. First of all, to get everything in there, save nothing, keep nothing out, you know, in your brain, get it all in there. You've got to be in order for it to work. You need to be consistent about it. You always do it and you put everything in the same place. And what tool you use for that may vary depending on what works for you. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the first step then of task, effective task management is capturing everything. The second step is processing it. This is where you go through the things that you've put into your inbox, whether, and I'm using inbox to describe whatever receptacle, electronic or, or physical that you use to capture all of these things. Because let me back up a minute. Capture can be uh, any number of tools. It may be an electronic tool, uh, task management app that you use. It could be a physical inbox on your desk that you, every time you have an idea, you write it on a piece of paper and toss it in there. It's it, where you do it is not as important as that you do it. Processing then is where you go through all these things that you've captured and you put them where they need to be. You get them into Uh, organized into a system that allows you to see what you need to see when you need to see it. And this may be applying categories or labels, a, a deadline, all those sorts of things. And you can do that regardless of what tool you're using for task management. A lot of us these days use an electronic, a digital task manager, an app on our phone or our computer. And some people still use a day timer or, you know, a physical paper planner. 
doesn't matter which one you're using, the process is still the same. You go through it, all these things you've captured on the fly and sort them into the areas they need to be in so that you can get them done. You need to schedule regular times to do this processing. And it doesn't need to be a lot of time. Usually you can get it done in just a couple of minutes, but you need to do it regularly. Maybe in the morning, mid-morning, maybe after lunch, maybe once in the evening to go through kind of all, everything you've captured and make sure that you've sorted it out in a way that is meaningful to you. And I'll just throw out there that sometimes processing an idea or a, a task or an invitation or whatever may mean deciding not to do it or not to do it until later. You know, this is where we decide, are we going to do it now? We're we going to do it later. We're we going to delegate it. We're we going to not do it at all. That's all part of the processing step of, of task management. Third on my list is sort of to do the things that are on that list. In order for a task management system to work for us, we have to actually do the things that are on the list. That is facilitated by having effective ways to look at your list. And so if you're using a, say, a paper to-do list, maybe you're going to sort things by into categories based on where you need to do it or, you know, whether it's personal or professional or something like that. Whatever ways you need to see the things on your list, you need to have effective ways to set it up so you can see it that way. So doing it is pulling up this list that you've created, looking at it, doing the things that are on it. Some of that involves scheduling it. So sometimes when you're processing the tasks that you've thrown into your digital or physical inbox, you're going to schedule a time to do it. Uh, put it literally put it on your calendar. If there's, say there's a paper you need to write or presentation you need to prepare, you're going to look at your calendar as part of the processing step and say, when am I going to do this thing? If it's important enough that it's on my list, when is it going to get done? And you look at your calendar and you think, okay, tomorrow I've got back to back meetings. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but it's due by Friday. I've got some openings on Wednesday. Let me schedule it in, you know, an hour long chunk of time. And you put it on your calendar, work on this presentation or whatever. And then you do it when that happens. Uh, one of the important concepts for the doing step of task management is learning to be efficient and effective about how you do things. And so for me, that includes things like batch processing, where you do a lot of, uh, you know, similar tasks all at once. And we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that more next uh, week in next week's episode when we talk about helpful habits. Um, but batch processing is really effective for being efficient in the use of your time. If you've got several phone calls to make, when you why not do them one after the other one when you're sitting at your phone? If you've got several errands to run, why not do them all at once instead of going out once to do one, then coming back home or to your office and then going out again to do another one, but do them all at the same time. If you have figured out what your meals are going to be for the coming week and you know you've got to prep vegetables, why not do them all at once? Instead of having to set up to prep the vegetables and then clean up from it several times, you set up once, 
you do the task, you clean up once and it's done. So that's kind of the meaning or the the value of batch processing, what I'm talking about there. Similarly, there's block scheduling where you look at your schedule and chunk your time up for certain kinds of tasks. And so for instance, if you've got several tasks that are going to require really deep focus and quiet interrupted time, maybe you're going to block out time on your calendar to do those things at a time when you are more likely to be able to focus and less likely to be interrupted. So that that involves knowing your own working style, knowing your environment, knowing when you're most energetic, most focused, that sort of thing, and blocking out chunks of time for working on those kinds of uh, high focus, high value tasks when you're most likely to be successful. And maybe blocking out times you know, say you're really good at being focused and energetic in the morning, and you're going to schedule chunks of time in the morning to work on those high value, high focus projects. And you know, you're like a lot of us, you have kind of a slump in the afternoon, still need to get things done. So maybe you're going to block out time in your schedule to do some of the less mind intensive administrative types of tasks. That's a concept that's valuable in the do step of task management to uh, make the best use of your time and your energy and schedule tasks for when you're most likely to be successful and you're making good use of your time. And of course, another concept that's important to keep in mind at the do stage or the do step of task management is the concept of delegation. And we've talked about this on past episodes. I'll try to put some links in the show notes uh, to episodes where we've talked about ways to effectively delegate. But that's an important concept to keep in mind for getting the things done that need to be done, but maybe don't need to be done by you. Now, Still, you've got to have a system in place to keep track of those tasks that you're waiting on other people to do and have a a system for checking in with them from time to time. But that all falls then in this do step. And again, we've talked about a lot of this in more detail in past episodes. I'm trying to kind of hit the high level here. If you have questions about a specific area or a specific step in this process, shoot me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and we can do a more in-depth, more focused discussion of it in a future episode. Uh, and then the, the final step that I have in the, in the process of, of, you know, the task management process is the review step. And this is something that David Allen talks about a lot in getting things done. Uh, And it's such an important component because if you put all everything on the list, so it capture, you've, you've got that nailed. You always put your tasks on your list, whether it's a digital list, a paper list, whatever, you've got that habit in place of capturing it. Um, even maybe you've got the processing in place where you go through it and you sort it out by, okay, these are things I need to do on the phone. And these are things I need to do at the office. And these are errands I need to run or whatever way you sort them out. If you never then look at your list again, you're not going to get to the do thing because you won't remember it's all there. And so a key element of effective task management 
is a regular review process. And for me, there's a couple of levels of this. There's a daily review, a quick, take a few minutes um, in the evening before you wrap up your day to look at your list and say, all right, did I get the things done I needed to do today? What do I have to do tomorrow? How do I need to prepare for that? And that's, you know, that's maybe a five minute review at, at most. Then maybe there's a weekly review where you look ahead, you you kind of look back at the week and check your list again. Did I get all the things done? Is there anything that needs to roll over to the next week or something I need to do now? And then you look ahead to the next week and look at your list and identify what your priorities are going to be in terms of getting things done. So that's that weekly review where you just read through your list very quickly I pull out the things that are going to need attention in the coming week and move forward from there. And then there can be, you know, a quarterly review. Uh, Some people take time to kind of get away or devote a pretty significant period of time, a day or a half day to really going through their goals and all their areas of responsibility, identifying maybe new tasks that need to be added to the list and scheduled. And so reviewing regularly and taking the big picture view kind of on the quarterly. So the daily is, is more of a, you know, you're narrowing your focus to what's got to get done today. Weekly, same thing. It's a little bit broader focus. Am I doing everything I need to do for this coming week? Quarterly can be more the big picture and taking time to think about what are my long-term objectives are those things reflected on my schedule and on my to-do list? Am I getting the things done today that need to be done to set me up to accomplish what I, what I want to accomplish this year? One of the things I love that I'm trying to add into my review process is that 30-30 approach that if you've been with us for a while, um, you know, we we the Productive Woman Book Club earlier this year read the book Get Momentum by Jody and Jason Womack. And Jody was my guest on episode 184. We talked about this a little bit more. And they have this 30-30 approach where you spend 30 minutes looking at things or working on something uh, that isn't due for 30 days. Okay, so you this requires some forethought looking out a month from now, what needs to be done? Is there a presentation I've got to do a month from now that I can spend 30 minutes now kind of working on a piece of that so that everything isn't a fire drill all the time? That's what I love about this approach that Jody and Jason talk about in the book and that I talked with Jody a little bit about on episode 184 is it's being proactive. Instead of just dealing with, with what's immediately due carving out time in your day to look farther out and take some steps. What can I do today to prepare for something that I've got to do a month from now? Or, and that might be, you know, this time of year where as you're listening, as, as this is being published, it's beginning of November. So not quite a month from now is the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. So what, is there anything I could do right now to prepare to me, if I'm hosting a Thanksgiving dinner for my family to prepare for that, 
Maybe I want to order a new tablecloth. I don't know. You know, maybe I want to spend a few minutes thinking about what the menu is going to be and shoot an email to other family members and say, Hey, can you bring this thing for the meal? Think thinking ahead. So I love that 30, 30 approach. And I think that's so valuable. So as part of the review, there's a process and we've talked about that also in past episodes and I'll I'll put links if you want to kind of get detailed into the review process. But the key ideas here to really make it worthwhile and make it simple and efficient and effective is first of all, have a checklist for what you're going to do during your review times. So maybe on your daily review, all you're going to do is look at your immediate to-do list, choose the two or three or four or five things that you're going to do tomorrow and copy those onto a post-it note or something. And maybe for your quarterly review, you review your goals for the year. You review your mission statement, your life mission statement, if you have one. You review the goals you've set for this year and you evaluate what progress have I made? What needs to be done next on each of these? You look at your areas of responsibility or areas of priority in your life and think and and evaluate, am I doing, making progress in each of those? Or am I spending too much time on work and not enough time on my health? You know, whatever, whatever that process is, is you have a checklist for what you're going to do, what you're going to look at. And that makes it easy to make sure nothing gets overlooked. Uh, Part of the process might be reviewing both your list, your to-do list and your calendar and deleting things you decide not to do, Um, choosing some of the things that you still want to do, but there's not, this isn't the right time and deferring those to later and maybe put those onto a someday maybe list so they don't pop up every day, um, but they're, they're marked to be looked at six weeks from now or whatever have those categories of areas of your life, the roles that you play. And I've mentioned this already. If you know, if you're a, so for me, I'm a lawyer. I am a podcaster. I am a wife to Mike. I'm a mom to five adult kids and a grandmother to their kids. I am a friend to certain people. I am a Christian. I am a, you know, a woman with a physical body. There are all the, there are these roles that I play, these areas that I play that are important to me in my life. And part of the review process is looking at each of those and asking myself, am I accomplishing what I want to in each of those areas? Am I showing up as Mike's wife in a way I want to? Am I showing up as um, Rachel's mother and Audra's grandmother in a way I want to? Am I showing up in the world as this kind of citizen of the that I want to be? Whatever those areas are, and thinking about during this review process, especially the quarterly and the year end reviews, really thinking about those and saying, do I need to change the balance? Am I, do I need to delete some tasks in one area to make space to make more progress in some of the others and adding those tasks to the to-do list and scheduling the time when I'm going to work on them. So that's kind of a quick high level view of the the steps in task management. As far as the tools we use to do those, we've talked about this in the past. And I will say again, there is no one right tool for everyone. Any tool, on the other hand, will work if you use it consistently. And so you need to find what works for you. You can look around, see what people that 
you respect, uh, people you think are, are getting things done, what they use and see if it'll work for you. Um, for a lot of people, good old paper and pen works just fine. And, you know, I, I always say, choose the simplest tool that will get the job done for you. And so if a three by five card will work for you or paper on a clipboard or a pretty notebook or a bullet journal, or just a big post-it note that you can stick on the wall, if that is sufficient to you to capture everything you need to do and organize it in a way that makes sense to you, then then that's perfect. The advantages of paper is it's simple, it's portable, it generally can be pretty inexpensive and it can do a lot. Uh, the alternative is maybe a digital task manager and there are tons of those. I use OmniFocus. Um, I have used, I've tried a lot of them in the past because I just get a kick out of use, you know, trying them and seeing what they can do. Uh, Nosby Todoist is a great one. Things is another one. Asana and Trello have some great features. Those are kind of, they're really good for collaboration. The advantage of a digital task manager is that it can be, they can sync across the devices. So you can have it on your computer, you can have it on your phone. That can make it very portable and easy to move things forward. You know, if you're using a paper tool, if you have a list of 10 things and you only got eight of them done in a day, then you, in, it, after a while it gets messy and you've got to recopy it to carry it forward. Whereas a, a digital tool, you can check it off or you can just, you know, ease, if it's done or you can move it forward very easily. If you didn't get it done, you can reschedule it. You can hide it until you're ready to look at it. You can sort it in ways, different ways, um, depending on what makes sense to you. So any of those can work. Again, I recommend that you choose something and stick with it for at least six to eight weeks. Give it time for you to kind of get over the learning curve and get comfortable with it before you decide it doesn't work. I, I did an episode, I can't think, I didn't write it down and I don't remember which episode it was. Um, but a while back I did, you know, uh, reasons for changing your task manager and some reasons why you maybe shouldn't. I, I'll, I'll put the link in that's worth checking out. For some people, and I'm one of them, using a hybrid system of both paper and digital works really well. So I use my digital task manager, which happens to be OmniFocus, uh, as the comprehensive repository of all my tasks, everything I need to do, everything I'm even thinking I might want to do, because sometimes the task is decide whether I want to do X, okay? All of that, whenever I have a, a thought of something that needs to be done or decided on, it goes into OmniFocus. And then when I have it, and it just goes into the inbox feature. And then when I take my time to process, I'll go through and I'll create the project, add a due date, if it's, if that's applicable, add a tag with, you know, the context that I want to do it in. Everything goes in there. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I use my bullet journal uh, for personal things. And for honestly, for my, my law practice, sometimes I'll just use a, a post-it note and write down the three to five things that I want to do that day. The advantage for me is that it helps me stay focused. If I don't have to keep going back to OmniFocus to the comprehensive list, which a can be 
little overwhelming when you've been using it as long as I have and have as many different roles. There's a lot of stuff in there. And if I go in there, I can either be depending on, you know, my mood and my, how I'm feeling my energy level on a day, I can either be overwhelmed by how much is in there that I haven't done yet, or just distracted and kind of go down a rabbit hole that I go to look at what I should do next and start looking through all the things and end up working on something maybe that isn't the highest priority. So instead, in the evening, I look in there, I make a decision after looking at my calendar for the next day of what I'm going to focus on. And that gets written into my bullet journal or on this post-it note. And that's what I focus on when I sit down to work the next day. If I get all the things done that are on that list, I can open up OmniFocus again and, and see, you know, what do I want to, you know, pull something else out to work on, but I don't have the distraction or, or the overwhelm of looking at that comprehensive list. And I encourage you to think about that one thought about using your calendar in connection with your to-do list. I'm not a fan of putting uh, tasks on my calendar unless it's a project that I specifically am going to work on during a specific period of time. So uh, to me, my to-do list and my calendar are separate, but I do use my calendar to get things done. I schedule regular times for processing my tasks and for my daily, weekly, quarterly reviews. And that goes onto my calendar to remind me to do those things. But I also schedule times to work on specific key tasks. So when I, when I'm looking ahead to the week and I think about, okay, I've got on my list, I need to record a couple episodes of the podcast. When am I going to do that? Because committing the time to it is key to getting it done. And I will actually put a calendar entry onto that says record episodes, this, that, and the other one. And that goes onto my calendar. I set aside the time for it. And that's part of my schedule, but I don't use just the entry. I also use alerts and I encourage you to do that. If you're using, especially if you're using a digital calendar, don't just put it on there, but set the alert. So it dings at you and says, Hey, Laura, you said you were going to record podcast episodes at this time on this day. It's, it's this day. It's time to sit down and start doing that. So I think that's really valuable to help remind you and keep, especially until you develop habits of doing certain things at certain times. And the other thing, the way you use your calendar in managing your tasks is looking at it when you're planning your to-do list and thinking about what you can actually do from your list and how that depends in part on what other commitments you have. So on a day that you have lots of meetings or calls, you should plan on getting fewer things done off your list. Whereas days that you don't have very many commitments in, you know, like meetings or calls or things like that, those are great days for knocking out lots of tasks because you're not going to be interrupted. You actually have more time available to do those tasks. If you're not committed to meeting with other people, doing conference calls, things like that, just look at your calendar when you're planning your to-do list for the day. And if you've got 20 things on your list and then you look and you realize, okay, I'm on, I'm in meetings for three and a half hours tomorrow. I can't get these 23 things done. It's time to move some of them off to a different day and be intentional about what you're doing on which day. 
And the last thing I'd say about task management, especially if this is something that we struggle with, uh, getting the things done that you really care about, things that are on your list, but just keep getting moved off and moved off and, and never quite get done. There's some real value in having some accountability to somebody else for whatever reason, we often will work harder to meet commitments to other people than we will to meet those commitments we make to ourselves. And so having accountability to somebody else can help get us over that hump to actually get something done. Uh, It helps keep our focus on execution and not just planning. And so there are a lot of different ways you can do that. Maybe you find an accountability partner who will help just hold you accountable to the things you say you're going to do. I've known of some people who had an agreement with a friend that each morning they would text each other with their top three tasks for the day. And then in the evening, check in and say, you know, your partner would check in and say, okay, you said you were going to do A, B, and C today. How'd you do? Did you get it done? And, you know, if we know that text is coming at the end of the day from someone we care about, or someone we respect, we're going to be more attentive to getting those things done. So we don't have to reply and say, yeah, no, I didn't get it done. So having an accountability partner can be really helpful. Find someone who maybe is also trying to work on execution and getting certain things done in an area uh, who like to do that with you. Mastermind groups can be great for this uh, because the mastermind groups that I've participated in Uh, you know, we report in at each meeting on progress we've made or not made with respect to key personal or professional goals. And just knowing that 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 check-in is going to be there, is going to happen, is often enough to motivate us to to take some step we wanted to take or knew we needed to take, but we've allowed ourselves to keep putting it off. So mastermind groups can be self-formed or they can be professionally facilitated. You can find two, three, four other like-minded women or, or women and men, however you want to set it up and agree to meet once a week, once every other week, whatever makes sense for you. And there are a lot of things you can do with that. But one of the things um, that a mastermind group can do is have that check-in time that we've identified, you know, we've each identified a goal that we want to work on. And this is a step we're going to take before we meet again. This is a step I'm going to take toward that goal that I've described to you. And when I know that when I call in at our next meeting, you're going to ask me, Hey, Laura, you said you were going to, you know, write five pages on your book. How'd you do? just knowing you've got a report in can make a huge difference in that execution. So you can form those groups on your own. You can sign up for a professionally facilitated one. I've talked in the past about the productive woman masterminds. It's one of the great values I've seen uh, that, that the participants have reported is, is that accountability and that encouragement to, to keep making progress. Another option for accountability is to hire a coach. Uh, in whatever area you're, whether it's a professional goal that you're trying to make progress on a personal one, it kind of depends on what it is, but there are coaches who can help you with that. I, I love working with women who are wanting to make progress toward their goals and develop uh, greater productivity. This is one of the areas that I've worked with, uh, on with clients is, 
getting a handle on a task management system and we can go deep into, you know, finding what works and getting that system set up. So if that's something you're interested in, you can check out um, the coaching TPW coaching uh, page on the website. But accountability one way or another can help us if we've started to get a system in place, but we're not actually getting the things done. Or if we just want some help in getting a system in place, finding an accountability partner, a mastermind group, a coach, or someone to help us can make a huge difference. So those are some thoughts. Again, this is a very high level, quick overview of task management. What do you think? What are your best tips for managing the tasks that matter most to you? I'd love to hear your ideas, where you struggle, where you think you've got things figured out that might help the rest of us. Share your questions, your ideas, your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode. You'll find that at theproductivewoman.com slash 215. Uh, Same place you'll find some links to some articles and some ideas, uh, some references and resources that might be helpful to you. You can also post a comment or a question about this topic in uh, on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, which is a a closed group just for women who listen to this podcast, you can always post a comment or a question or a request for help or ideas. Uh, We have some great conversations going on in there. So check that out. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, I do want to say a quick um, shout out to FreshBooks, our sponsor uh, for this episode, our our other sponsor for this episode. If you have a business, if you're an entrepreneur or freelancer, you know that the paperwork is probably the worst part of being a freelancer or a small business owner. Uh, Whether it's tracking your hours, formatting estimates, working out taxes, Uh, tracking expenses, chasing late payments, all those things. Those are the hard part and not the fun part of uh, owning your own business. But the good news is that our friends at FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers and entrepreneurs that turns tackling those time-sucking, never-ending tasks into really no big thing. They are so good at what they do and they make it so easy for us and they're helping millions of entrepreneurs and freelancers, including me, manage their business finances efficiently and pain-free. FreshBooks lets you send off a polished, customized invoice in 30 seconds. It lets you set yourself up to get paid online in just two clicks so your customers can pay you right through that email invoice that you send to them. It helps you manage your expenses by allowing you to just take a picture of the receipt from your phone and it gets put into the FreshBooks system. And you can see at a glance from their dashboard when your clients have viewed and paid the invoices you've sent. So just so many ways that FreshBooks makes it easier, faster, less painful to get the paperwork done. To find out all the ways that FreshBooks can help you manage your business finances, go to freshbooks.com slash TPW and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. Also, don't forget 
to get 20% off your first order of the world's most comfortable socks, be sure to visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com. That gets you 20% off your first order. Again, it's bombas.com slash TPW. That offer code is TPW, like the productive woman. Thank you so much to Bombas and to FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I really do hope there was something in this that you found was helpful. If you have questions, send them to me, email them to me, and let me see how I can help you manage your tasks in a better and more effective way and get the things done that you care about. I'd love to hear from you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember... Extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.